Blog Talk Radio. of Airline Talk News and History. We take a trip down memory lane today, and that opening song you heard, Joey's song, was back in the 50s. That's a song that I kind of rocked to, if that's what it was called back then. I think it was, rocked to, uh, on the jukebox. Played it many, many times. Joey's song by Bill Haley and the Comets. Well, we're taking a trip down memory lane from time to time, and If you're among those of us that have reached an age, that age, we still want to tell the younger generation what good times really were, then this is the show for you today. Hello, my name is Neil Holland. I'm a retired captain with Eastern Airlines and producer of the show. And and if you're listening in on the show's website, it's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie, that's C-A-P-T, abbreviation for Captain C-A-P-T-E-D-D-I-E, Captain Eddie. That's blogtalkradio.com forward slash Captain Eddie. And if you would like to make a, talk, a, a call and you're listening in on that uh, website, and uh, you can call us at 213, area code 213-816-1611 and share your memories. We'd like to hear about them. And uh, 
I'm the producer of the show, and I'll see your number pop up on our screen. And uh, open your microphone, and you can uh, recall your memories back in the 50s. Well, some of us are too young to remember that far back, but those of us that are here today, mainly Jim Holder, Captain Jim Holder and myself, uh, are with us today. We've had uh, some uh, uh, sad news, which I'll tell you in just a minute. Hello, Captain Jim. How you doing from Atlanta? I'm doing mighty fine, Neil, mighty fine. Okay, you ready to carry this show, the two of us? We're going to try. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be the first time that I've been involved with just two of us, but I guess we'll stagger through somehow. Well, there's another number popped up on my screen. It's 484. Who might that be? Uh, this is Lee in uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Hey, Lee in, in Pennsylvania. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good so far, but it's early in the day. Well, it is early in the day. Pennsylvania, I got a song just for you, Pennsylvania 65,000. <laughs> We're going to play that today. But at any rate, uh, during today's show, good to have you with us, Lee. And uh, during today's show, we're, we have added some sound clips way back then. And one I was just telling Lee about, Pennsylvania 65,000, by my uh, favorite uh band leader Glenn Miller back in the day. A lot of folks don't remember who Glenn Miller was, but a great band player. So we hope you enjoy the show today, and and, uh, let's get things kicked off. Uh, And this is a song that I like. I play it every so often on the radio show, and it's uh, 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 one of my favorite groups of brothers. Well, I think two of them are actually brothers. They're called the Statler Brothers, and... uh, And to get things kicked off, uh, let's uh, hear what they have to say. Uh, I think you remember this song. You've heard it before. Here it is. Saturday morning, cereals, chapters 1 through 15. Fly paper, penny loafers, lucky strike green. Flat tops, sock tops, Stuny Baker, Pepsi, please. Caps with flaps that button down Movie stars on Dixie Cup tops and knickers Do you need Ah, do you remember These The hip parade Great parade, the Sadie Hawkins Dance Pedal pushers, ducktail hair And begging your pants Howdy doody, tooty Fruity, the seam up the back of her Hose, ah Judy's mom, rock and roll was new. Cracker Jack Price, stars in your eyes as daddy for the key. Ah, do you remember these? The boogeyman, lemonade standing, taking your time about. Engine burning, wait your turn, and four foul balls, you're out. Cigarette loads and secret codes and saving lucky stars. Shirts and fender skirts and crinoline petticoats. Mom's word and a dirty burden of double root beer floats. 
moon hugs caps and loud hill taps, and he's a real gone cat. Oh, do you remember that? Dancing close, little moron jokes, and cooties in her hair. Captain Midnight, Overteen, and the whip at the county fair. Charles at the scorch, Roy Rogers, horse, and only the shadow knows. Oh, do you remember remember those if we date ourselves back that far. Uh, Jim, do you remember some of those? Jim, Captain Jim Holder? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Made them some of my favorite uh, songs were by the Statler Brothers. You see, we're just getting old, Neil, but we can remember. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lee, how about you? Do you remember some of those? Are you that old? Oh, yeah. I remember the Statler Brothers. uh had a popular hit in uh, around 64, 65. Can't think of the name of it offhand. Might, might have been the one we just played, but at any rate, the, yeah, the Statler brothers were really great. They really were. And don't know whether they still do the uh, older. I don't know if any of them uh, have passed away or not. But uh, we've yeah, got Eric base, Coates. Yeah, the guy has. Has he? Oh, yeah, that's right. He has. I forgot his name. Mm-hmm. Eric Coates. Yeah, old Roadhog. Yeah, two four eight. Who's that? Uh, yes, uh, Kristen Erickson Devil, Silver Liners. Kristen, how you doing? Yes. Good to hear you. Nice to hear you too, Neil. We've talked before. I've been at you uh, have been at our conventions and met you, and and uh, I'm a past international president two times. Oh yes, I remember that. I remember that. I think I was went to the convention down in uh, down by West Palm Beach, and then you had one yep, in the village. Yes, you did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great having you with us today. Well, we're going to take uh, all of us back to the fifties, but first of all, I want to I want to say a few words about Margaret Bars. And uh, Margaret helped me start the show about a year, uh, eleven years ago, and she was in year one. I started it, and I was the only person on the radio show for about three three shows, and Margaret uh, was working in my office, and, and, and she felt sorry for me, so she joined the, uh, she joined me in uh, doing these radio shows. That was a long time ago, and then she took a leave of absence because uh, her mother and father were sick, and she became caregivers to her mother and father, and um, uh, Margaret's having a hard time now with with the area, her hometown was close to Hazard, Kentucky. So we made fun early days about the Dukes of Hazard, of course, uh, Kentucky. And uh, she was from that area, a little bit north of Hazard. And uh, so we talked a lot about Hazard. And, and uh, she's from a town, little town, little small town called Lost Creek. And, and Folks, it was lost in these floods that you've been seeing on the Weather Channel and been hearing in the news. 
I just got a quick update from Margaret. She was supposed to be on the show today, and she's not going to be with us today. But she says, Neil, a quick update. Floodwaters are receding. Unless more rain comes and the aftermath is heartbreaking. In addition to my first cousin drowning in her home, I have oh three more relatives who are presumed dead. In Berthet oh. County, that's the county she's from, almost everyone knows everyone or knows of them, making this tragedy extremely personal for me. Most of these people can trace their lineage back to the early 1800s. I've had little sleep for the last two days, and I've been on the phone with a couple of friends in Lexington and who are buying supplies and collecting blankets, clothing, and basic medical supplies to bring to my sister and also the two families with six children that made it by boat to our property, which is up a higher hill. We are fortunate that our old family home was built higher on a hill, and another friend is bringing a skid loader to our property to help our neighbors clear debris. Hopefully that will only be a couple of more days. I am usually a strong person, and she is, but I have broken down more than once because of this, and so we wait. We just wait. And I'm sorry that I cannot do the show today. I am emotionally drained. Well, Margaret, my thoughts and prayers are with you now. And um, so... Uh, the show's going on, and we have with us uh, Jim Holder, Captain Jim Holder from the Atlanta area. Jim, hello again, and tell okay. us what's happening over hello there in again. your neck of the woods. Yes, Atlanta, Georgia, the home of the World Series champions, Atlanta Braves, and Georgia won the number one team in the nation last year, and we're going to keep bragging about that. <laughs> <laughs> and those Atlanta Braves are doing pretty good too. They're doing yeah, good they are. Year. They're coming yeah. right along there. And we've got Lee, and Lee's up in Pennsylvania. Lee, give us your name again, and and uh, where you're from, and uh, what you did. Were you with Eastern? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, Lee Churchman, uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, I uh, started out as a uh, Flight navigator in the Marine Corps, uh, navigated KC-130s across the Pacific, and uh, went from there to Flying Tiger Line and navigated, and then uh, became the INS instructor, inertial navigation system instructor at Tigers, and flight dispatch. I got a FAA flight navigator certificate and an aircraft dispatch certificate and a private plane, but I left the airline industry in 1982 and went into telecommunications and uh, just enjoying life. Widower, sun's are out on the West Coast, not a good place to be right now, and I just enjoy life, and I saw, uh, not sure where I found the show, I saw something popped up on my computer, and I thought, well, be pretty good to swap stories with some people. So <laughs> there you are. Very good. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Lee, for joining us. Joining us, and Lee. Lee, yes. this is Jim Holder. Did you navigate those flying tigers, DC eight thirty to sixty threes? 
Oh was yeah, I had. Uh, I started when I started with Tigers. I was in CL forty four Swingtails, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> lots of stories about them. And then I went to Boeing seven oh seven Freighters, and then DC eight sixty three. The, the DC eight sixty three, which was the stretch model of the uh, the fifty series, was kind of rushed into production and had some quality issues on minor. But still, we used to call it the Spanish Galleon because every time it landed, pieces of eight fell off. <laughs> well, let me, well, let me tell you, I flew, I flew every flying oh, tire DC-863. I flew every one of them. We had a deal yeah. flying Atlanta to the West Coast, and uh, it went on for about two years. Yeah, I got about uh, 500 hours in the 63, and I uh, love that airplane. We get up to... 39,000 feet, and INS, and head straight to L.A. Didn't even have to make a turn. Wonderful air. Oh, yeah. I went back in a tail one time and sat back there with the girls, and they banged the tail on takeoff, you know, and I gave them a kiss and went back in the cockpit and never went back again. (laughs) (laughs) And, folks, we'll break in here now. We never know what is going to happen on this show. Uh, We throw sometimes the script out the uh, window and uh, and just talk about what we're talking about now. It's so much fun. That's why I like to call it Kitchen Table Radio. And Recently I've added another name for our show, and it's called Chicken Soup Radio. So whichever one you prefer. (laughs) But I want to talk to Christine just a minute, Jim and Lee and Christina. uh, It's uh, Kristen. It's Kristen. Kristen. I'm sorry, Kristen. And uh, Mm -hmm. tell us where you are now and uh, who you're with and so forth. I know. Well, uh, I'm in a suburb of Detroit, Northville, Michigan. Uh, It's where I grew up. Lived away for many years and then moved back uh, some years ago when my um, uh, husband <clears> returned. <throat> and so uh, I started uh, out of college with Eastern, and I was based in Miami, and um, was 61, and uh, I... Uh, was there for three years, but I had a short stint uh, during the flight engineers' strike, and I can't tell you exactly which year that was, 61, 62, that I got sent up to Atlanta for temporary duty. I was the last person in the seniority list that couldn't hold my spot, and I had a beautiful living situation. I was living with three senior gals, me, and... Uh, one of the gals was, um, well, she was engaged to Hal DuPont of the DuPonts, and they owned a lot of rental properties, and we had this beautiful house. Everybody had their own bedroom in in the trench doors that opened up onto a pool deck, and I was going to lose my spot. I almost had a heart attack at 21, and what to Atlanta, I walked in, and, and you know, station manager, good boy in Atlanta, old guy, he was so sweet, and he said, hello, honey, and I said, hello, I want to put it in for a transfer. He said, well, you just got here. Maybe you'll like us, and I said, I'm sure I'll like you fine, but I want my house back. <laughs> I want my room back. <laughs> oh, boy. And, uh, and so I was there for three months, 
and I did get to go back. Dear Dad paid my rent down there while I paid my rent in Atlanta so I could keep my living quarters. And um, and then after, um, I, I was right at the end of my flying career, to, and I got married, and a month later they ratified it, and you could get married, and uh, I missed it by a month. And uh, But I went back into flying corporate after my children got a little bit older. I had a nanny, and... Um, I just loved to fly, and I flew for Ford Motor Company and General Motors, Chrysler, wow. a lot of uh, a lot of private uh, charters and things like that, and then Nomads. And I think Neil, Neil you're aware of Nomads, yeah. the International mm-hmm. Travel Club, because yeah. we've had that's a right. big chapter now for Silverliners, you know, um, yeah. a lot of gals, and. Um, I flew till I was 66, so uh, I stretched it out for a long time. <laughs> All right. 66. Well, Kristen, yep, I, I, did. Take, uh, I was with a group yesterday in Jacksonville, Silver Liners Luncheon, and mm-hmm. golly was I lucky. I had 13 beautiful flight attendants, a mixture of Eastern, uh, uh, American Airlines, and I think there yep. was another one uh, there, and and we talked a little bit about uh, about uh, well, uh, we talked about everything, you know, old stories, just like we we're sharing today. And uh, I wanted to let you know because I talked to Ina real quickly. Uh, I talked to Ina, and and she sent me a check for a hundred dollars that you gals up in Detroit. I don't know if you're a member of that chapter or not of the Silver Yes, Atlanta. I am. Motown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Motown, Motown chapter. And, and, you sent me a check for a hundred dollars, and and I had closed that account out at the bank, which was the uh, you written it out. But uh, I'm telling you right now, if you don't mind, uh, that check has not been cashed. And at this I point, will. at this point, if you would direct that one hundred dollars to the Eastern Flight 401 Foundation the donations, I would appreciate it because uh, um. that's such a worthy cause and so i would appreciate that i i will not try to cash that check i'm gonna put void across it and you guys i i if if i have anything to say about where it goes i would prefer it go to the silver liners i mean to the uh, 401 foundation all right uh neil i will i will certainly check into that Okay, I do know good. we did send you a check for the 401 too. And, uh, yeah. Uh, well, that you and, sent it to, uh, to the other uh, outfit. Right, yeah. and this one came to, to for the show. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I will. Very good. Uh, I will make sure that that is uh, okay. Addressed. Right, I think that a, came from Madge McGordy. Yeah, it sure that. did. It certainly did. And I appreciate uh-huh. you thinking about the radio show and helping us stay on the line, like Repa has over the years. And uh, Reaper has been a, a tremendous sponsor of this show, and mm-hmm. uh, and we get donations from folks like your Silverliner chapter, and and I think now it's time to to do a worthy cause of uh, putting that uh, memorial there in Miami Springs, a beautiful memorial. Right. If you've seen Absolutely. it on Facebook, it's a beautiful yes, structure with all the names and all. So uh, we want to make sure that goes there. Now I've got also Brenda. I think Brenda Chabot is with us. Area code five one nine. Hi, Brenda. Hi, Kristen. 
How are you? Yes, I am here. I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm just fine, dear. Fine. Good. Good. <laughs> well, and I'm hello, going to. Neil. I'm going to throw the hello, Brenda. I'm going to throw the script out the window right now, and um, uh, I do have a few things that we're going to go back to uh, the uh, 1950s because that's the that's the uh, time that I was in in school and I think I graduated in '54. Now some of you might be over that. You probably graduated before me, but not many people as old as I am. I've got a couple of them in my neighborhood. One's 95, and one's 97. And we sit out on the porch and talk a lot. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> do. Good but, for uh, you. There you go. Margaret uh, is not with us, Brenda. And I, I mentioned yeah, the fact I, that... Yeah, uh, I came in and heard that. That's tragic. Good. Yeah, it is very tragic. <clears throat> so we want to think about uh, uh, Margaret's family and all those folks up and down that area and into Virginia and, and Missouri uh, all hit yeah. real hard with the rains, and uh, so unbelievable. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna play a song real fast here, and uh, you probably remember this. And let's see if I can get it on my turntable here. And we're gonna talk about what houses cost back in the in the fifties, and we're not gonna do the whole script here because uh, we've already <laughs> used half the time. But that's Kitchen Soup Radio at its best. So that's how great. about this this song here? Oh, come on. Come on here, man. This old house once rang with laughter. This old house heard many shouts. Now she trembles in the dark when the lightning walks about. Well, ain't gonna need this house no longer. Ain't gonna need this house no more. Ain't got time to fix the shingle. Ain't got time to fix the floor. Ain't got time to order hinges, bars, and the window pane. Ain't gonna need this house no longer. I'm getting ready to meet the thing. This old house is getting shaky. This old house is getting old. This old house left in the rain. This old house left in the cold. Oh, my. It's getting a little chilly, but I feel no fear of pain. Come out and be an angel. Be careful, girl. Be the wind of pain. Now, my old hound dog lies asleep, and he don't know I'm going to leave. Else he'd wake up by the fireplace and he'd sit there and howl. But my hunting days are over. Ain't gonna hunt the coon no more. Gabriel just brought in my chariot when the wind blew down the door. But I ain't gonna need this house no longer. Ain't gonna need this house no more. Ain't got time to fix the shingle. Ain't got time to fix the floor. Ain't got time to order inches large in the window pane. Ain't gonna need this house no longer. I'm getting ready to meet the same. Ain't gonna need this house no longer. Ain't gonna need. <laughs> oh, well, but anyhow, 
That was Johnny Cash that, and the Statler Johnny Brothers. Cash. Johnny yeah, Cash. Yeah, I heard his voice yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, since Margaret is not with us, and she would have started this part, and she was talking about real estate because Margaret's been in real estate. And matter of fact, I have a real estate company here, and she was uh, with me and uh, in, in my at my company, and so we've been friends for a long time. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, she helped uh, start the radio show about 11 years ago. But at any rate, uh, prices are not the whole story about housing right now in the 50s. And uh, the average family income in the United States rose from 3000 Now, this is average income for a family from 3300 yeah. in 1950 to 5400 almost 10 years later in 1959. That's uh, – <laughs> prices also increased in this period, but less so than wages. So people were better off in 1959 than they were in 1950. Now, let's get down to the houses. And you remember back in New York, they had a town that started, it was called Levittown. You remember, yep. you yep. remember Levittown, yep. New York? Sure yeah, Long, Island. Might, Long Island. Long Island, yeah. Didn't yeah. they have one in Pennsylvania too, Lee? I thought they did. Philadelphia. Up there north you of go. Philadelphia. There you go. Yeah. But the supply helped keep houses prices stable in in 1950s. There's only a small increase, and the original Levittown house cost $7,990 in the 40s, and in 56, as little as 7000 could still be found. Now, folks, a house payment like that finance over 30 years, I think your mortgage payment would be about $28 a month. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know about the 50s, but in the 60s, you could get 40-year mortgages. Yeah, you can today. Yeah, you still can. Conventional is 40, and the FHA VA is still wow. 30 years. Yeah. So uh, anyhow, housing has changed a lot. I remember my uncle, uh, Bill, uh, after he got out of World War II, he bought a house down in Miami, and he paid about $8,000 for it. And I think he told me that his mortgage payment taxes and uh, and principal and interest, rather, was about uh, $38 a month. That's why I said 28 but $38 a month. And uh, he was able to – he's still staying in it. He's still alive at 95 years old. And uh, wow. so he burned the mortgage long, long time ago. So that's the way it was back in the 50s. Now, I'm going to ask Jim Holder to talk a little bit about automobiles. But before you do that, Jim, Captain Jim, I'm going to play a little automobile song here for you. And uh, to get you right, so you can tell us about what was happening to cars and the prices back in the 50s. But do you remember this one? Come away with me, Lucille, in my merry old mobile. Down the road of life we'll fly, automobubbling you and I. To the church we'll swiftly steal Then our wedding bells will peal You can go as far as you like With me in my merry Oldsmobile
enough about the Oldsmobile and Bing Crosby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Jim, what was, what was actually happening in the automobile industry in the 50s? Tell us a little bit about it. Well, well, it was boom time. But let me tell you, we got TV in Mississippi, Jackson, Mississippi, in the early 50s. And I can remember seeing those commercials in black and white on TV with Ben, ben Rosby singing it, that very yeah. song you just played it. But in uh, between 1945 and 1960, the number of cars on America's roads increased by 133%. That's a lot. Most cars sold in America were made by the big three manufacturers. We know who they are, Ford, General Motors, and Chrysler. Now, the prices of some typical family cars from the 1950s, the 1950 Triple A Deluxe six-cylinder, 216-inch engine, it sold for fifteen twenty nine. I guess that's before add-ons. Now the next one, uh, I'm going to really talk about the next one, the nineteen fifty three Chevrolet Barrel Air six cylinder, two hundred thirty five cubic inch, sold for one thousand eight hundred eighty five dollars. And the editor of the Clarence Ledger newspaper had one, and he sold it to me. And that was a beautiful little car, <laughs> baby blue with cream top, and had power slide, not power glide. It was power slide, but it slide right on down the road. <laughs> Anyhow, in 1954, eight-cylinder, two-door mainliner, that was a strip down with $2,020. Incidentally, that Chevrolet that I bought from the editor of the newspaper, I think, I think I paid about $900 for it. So, but it's a good deal. It got me all the way through college. <laughs> it had a 1954 Plymouth Plaza Club sedan was $1,980. And a 54 Buick Special. I remember those Buick Specials and all the others, Roadmasters. This is a four-door sedan. So for 2740 And that 1955 Oldsmobile that being sold was singing about a while ago was $2,800. You can't even buy tires for cars. But... <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyhow, the imported cars were not a big part of the U.S. market in the 50s. It just wasn't any. A few invaders did make it from Europe. The most successful was the West German Volkswagen. And these little bitty cars were European-made. They were freighted at U.S. automobile giants to make some smaller cars themselves. So they did. The Ford Falcon, the Plymouth Valiant, and the Chevrolet Corvair. They were all announced from 1959 for the 1960 model year. All were small by American standards, but they did sell a lot of them. But they were bigger, much bigger than the European imports. Now, you could buy these European cars in America in the 50s. The 58 Volkswagen German was $1,586. Now, I'm going to tell you. I bought a new 1967 Volkswagen when I first came to Atlanta with Eastern Airlines for a shade over $1,600. I think it was yep. $1,660. So Me they didn't have much up on price, you know, just yeah. a shade, not even $100. Yeah. And then it was a Morris Minor. I don't really know what that was. It came from the United Kingdom, and it was 1495 The French had one, too. That was a 1959 Renault Dauphine. And it was $1,645. All these cars were really cheap back in those days. Of course, we weren't making as much money as we do now, supposedly. And a 1959 Fiat, uh, that's an Italian import, and it was $1,398. Now, 
and to fuel these cars, putting gas in them. We paid at the pump, which we had to do. Us, we had an attendant that came out and do it, and he'd wash your windshield and check your oil, and was nice to you. An average price of gallon of gas rose from twenty-seven cents in nineteen fifty to thirty cents in nineteen fifty-nine. Wow! Oh boy, that way now. But the best car design, which you will no longer find in today's automobiles, was the big sheet. Okay, now, us lovely boys, do you remember those days when your girlfriend would just sit right up there next to you and slide right on over and hit the drive by shifting those gears? I always made them keep the cans on the gear shift, not me. Well, anyhow, no, that's a lie, of course. You missed the fun of owning a car if you didn't have one. Now, Brenda, I'm glad you came on. Do you remember how we were communicating with each other back in those days? Oh, yes, Captain Jim. Folks living in this day and time would really have a hard time figuring out uh, how to call on those little monsters that we had. (laughs) But first, I'd like to see if Mr. Producer has uh, a popular AT&T sound clip. Oh, yeah, let me look through it real fast. Uh, oh, there it is. One ringy thingy. <laughs> Two ringy thingies. A gracious good afternoon. Have I reached the party to whom I am speaking? Is this, is this Premier Alexei Kosygin of the USSR? Good. This is Miss Ernestine Tomlin of the AT&T. No, no, that's not a country. No, no, we're much bigger than that. Telephone company. Yes, and, and we, we just want to be sure that the line from the White House to the Kremlin is working. What? Oh, oh it's, it's not working on you. Oh, oh, oh I, I, bet, I bet around the Kremlin you're, you're just the life of the party. <laughs> there. Uh, now, now, pardon me. Yes, I do. I, knew, I, I do know quite a bit about Russia. What, what do I think of Lenin and Marx? Well, John Lennon's a little dull, but Groucho's hysterical. <laughs> Whoa. Laughing. She was just the best, wasn't she? (laughs) Well, America led the world in the number of telephones per head of population. In 1959, there were 400 telephones for every 1,000 people. That's quite a few. Europe was less well-blessed. Sweden came with 340, but the UK only had 150, and West Germany only 100. But how expensive was it to make a call? In 1951, the minimum cost of a call from a payphone in New York went up from five cents to ten cents. That's pretty amazing when you think even in the 70s it was still at ten cents. <laughs> uh, for one Detroit man, Earl Snyder, it cost considerably more. <laughs> I think we can all remember this. In 1953, a court fined him $50 for using a washer instead of a dime in a public <laughs> telephone booth. Now tell me nobody tried that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. If you had a phone in your house, in your house, local calls were cheap. 
but long-distance calls were expensive. These are the charges from New York to various U.S. cities in 1950 and 1959. So New York, New York, New York to Philadelphia. In 1950, it was 45 cents. In 59, it was 50 cents. New York to Chicago in 1950 was $1.55, and it went down in 1959 to $1.45. New York to Denver was two twenty. In 1950, and it went down to $1.95. And New York to San Francisco in 1950 was $2.50. It also went down to $2.25. Interesting. The cost now, is of that calls per was minute? Com- is that per minute, Brenda? I don't know. I would imagine. Well, I think I think it was. Yes. I think so. Yeah. I think it was too. Yeah. 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 I mean, gosh, the cost of calls was coming down in 1930. The cost of a call from New York to San Francisco was nine dollars. <laughs> calls abroad were expensive. Calls overseas to U.S. territories were just as dear. These are some typical rates for a three-minute call. USA to Germany, Japan, or Holland, $12. Boston to Cuba, $6.50. Pre-Castro Cuba was a popular holiday destination in the 1950s. Still is now. Uh, San Francisco to Hawaii, $7.50. That's for a three-minute call. New York to Hawaii, $9. Chicago to Haiti, $9. Imagine not asking your smartphone to make a call. <laughs> But instead, you had to deal with a circular dialer with numbers and letters. MUI-7118 would be Murray Hill 17118. Or as the old Glenn Miller hit song dial, Pennsylvania 65110. Well, he was Pennsylvania 65000. And if you wanted to save the expense of making a call, you'd write your thoughts and use the postal service to deliver your communications. A U.S. four-cent stamp was introduced in 1954. At the beginning of the 50s, it cost just three cents to post a letter up to one ounce in weight in the USA. The rate rose to four cents in 1958. Captain Harris. Well... Brenda, I don't know oh. whether Captain Harris is with us or not. Area code 561, who might that be? Well, at any rate, Brenda. Do you want I'm, me to put on the? I'm, I'm going I'm to be Captain Harris. Captain Jim okay. told me, Jim Harris told me he was going to go out to a, a truck auction, I believe, somewhere in Texas. And, and uh, he might not be able to be with us during the okay. show. So. Uh, I, I, I have a I have a trivia question for Captain Neal. Go ahead, Lee. Shoot. Who was the Ethel named after? Ford. Ethel Ford. Yeah. Ethel Ford. Yeah. And who was he? His he, son. He was a oh, uh, one of the Ford heirs. He wasn't Henry Ford. Uh, there was. The old Henry Ford, who started Ford Motor Company back, whatever, 30s, I guess, uh, maybe 20s, I'm not even sure. And I f- flew for him, I should know that. And uh, <laughs> uh, But anyway, uh, and I can't remember uh, who, son, there were a number of Ford boys, 
Henry, William, um, who he was, but he, and, and it was a, it was always treated like it was a lemon, the car. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Jim, do you, can you help him out? <laughs> no, no, I don't know anything about that. You said it, it, it was a woman? I thought it was a man. Um, uh, it was no, no, Edsel yeah. is a man. I said the yeah. car yeah. was a lemon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Edsel is a lemon. <laughs> a lemon, lemon yeah. yeah. I ain't got my hair aid on. All right, here's Edsel the answer. Ed, Edsel is the son of Henry Ford, and the grandson is Henry Ford II, better known as Deuce. Yeah, Deuce, yeah. <laughs> Deuce and Edsel, uh, Edsel the son, was a lemon also. <laughs> yes, I kind of was. Aww. Um, yeah. You did your Deuce, homework, right? I, and, and the Deuce... Uh, I had one trip with him back in, oh, my gosh, it'd be 70s. He's the one that had the uh, beautiful wife from uh, Italy, Christina. And he had, they had a 727, and I had one trip on it, and then he retired. And then after that, we were, you know, flying different aircraft than that. But uh, uh, I thought Christina was his mistress. Well, he married her. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah, he divorced and married her. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. And then he married. About, yeah, well, let's let's continue on. we got so much more here to go. Thank you very much. And uh, But I want to get into uh, entertainment. And uh, Jim is not with us to tell us about that. But, uh, of course, we got our sources of news. Uh, some of us went to the TV, I mean, to the movie house, and we saw, along with the uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons and Looney Tunes, <laughs> we also Pathé News. Remember the rooster crowing? Right, the news. And then we got, yeah. we got our news about World War II, and, and uh, so we picked it up in the theaters or newspapers, and newspapers were very cheap back in the day. New York Times cost five cents, five cents. And that was from 1950 yeah. to 59. The L.A. Examiner was five cents. The Saturday Evening Post was, you remember that one, Saturday Evening Post, the magazine, that was 15 cents. And as I recall, for most of the 50s, I was hungry and always looking for a quick and cheap place to eat. So McDonald <laughs> crisis from the 1950s, now they started in the 50s, was a hamburger at 15 cents. Coffee was five cents. Milkshakes were twenty cents, and you could uh, drop in at any corner. F. W. Woolworths. Do you remember the F. W. Woolworths stores? Oh yeah, and they like yeah. the corner. Yeah, there you could sit down at the counter and have a complete complete meal for just about sixty cents. Mm-hmm. And old fashioned What about Royal and, and Castle? Well, yeah. Castle too, birch beer and all, five cents for a beer and birch beer. Old-fashioned beef stew was on the menu with stewed tomatoes, tall salad, cornbread muffin, and for 10 cents more, you could add a large Coca-Cola. Uh, how about a hamburger and fries for just 55 cents at Woolworths? Boy, those were the days. Yeah. But you only had about a quarter in your pocket, so, you know, you still, you still couldn't afford to sit down at the counter and eat. For entertainment, 
television was a rarity in most homes of the early 50s, and I can remember uh, that I sat out on my neighbor's house because we couldn't afford a TV, and they could, and uh, because uh, my friend was uh, a member of that household, he allowed all the neighborhood kids to come and gather on the front porch of that house, and we would look through the window, and we would see <laughs> the lips of Howdy Doody and Buffalo Bob a-moving. Oh Couldn't my hear them, but we could see it. But I can remember that very, very vividly. And to uh. purchase a TV back in the 50s, now here's what you would expect to pay for a television. If you were going to buy a 12.5-inch round-screen Philco, you're going to pay $149.95. That was in 51. If you were going to buy an RCA Victor 100 color television, a color television, that was $1,000. Yep. Yeah, and then let's go on down to a, a, they they started making portable TVs with batteries, and you could get a 59 Philco for $250, and uh, so that yeah. was the cost of uh, of watching television at the beginning of 50s. Black and white TV sold 200 to $400, depending on its size. Do you remember that? Yeah. So we can talk about television, who was playing besides Howdy Doody and Buffalo Bob. You got some of your other favorites. You can mention it right now. I'll give you about 30 seconds. <laughs> Anybody else want to add their favorites back in those days? Well, we had a guy that would read the newspaper and he'd hold it up in front of him, reading the newspaper, local Jackson, Mississippi, Channel 2, and you couldn't see him. He's reading the newspaper, but you could the top of his head and his fingers over his head. I thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> well, I remember staring at the test pattern. You know, I'd stare at that test pattern every night for about 20 yeah, minutes before I went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, those were the days. Those were the days. So, anyhow, uh, uh, Lou Ann's not with us either because Lou Ann's up there with Margaret. And um, uh, the 50s in televisions, uh, they had appliances out that we would buy a Sunbeam automatic mixer. We'd pay 46.95. And uh, a toaster would cost twelve dollars and ninety-five cents from Sears, and uh, probably still working. Yeah, the coffee maker was twenty-four ninety-five. There you go. You're right. Remember that ad yes. for the percolator, the old coffee percolator. Yes. <laughs> and then the cold spot freezer, Frigidaire freezer. Cold spot wow. $329. That was a Sears model. Then the Kenmores came out, of course, at Sears, and everybody had it. I, I, we had plenty of Kenmores along the way as we were going. And uh, let's see, I was hunting for a refrigerator commercial, but I couldn't find a refrigerator commercial. So we're just going to skip that and talk about uh, record players. We've got record players to. Uh, to entertain us, and we had the old 45, what was it, 45 RPM? Yep, 78. Yeah. 45 revolutions per minute. Big old hole right. in the middle of it. 33 and the third for long right. play. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You guys remember that. You're, yeah, you're dating yourself yeah. now, folks. Watch out. 
Thanks Mike's to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyhow, we had cameras, and uh, they were Argus C3. I've got one on my shelf that my brother took to uh, Korea when he went off to uh, to wow. uh, serve, serve the country, and he had a, uh, an, Ar- an Argus C3 camera, and I still have that. I'm looking at it right now. And that wow. cost $142.95 for a 35-millimeter Argus C3. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it's worth today on on uh, eBay. I ought to put it up there on yeah. eBay. He passed away a few years ago, so I'm going to keep it. Uh-huh. But uh, anyhow, yeah. and then we had, if we couldn't uh, communicate by phone or any other way, we always had stationary. We we wrote a lot of letters back in those days. You guys, were you all letter writers? Yeah. Mm, yeah. 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 Ballpoint pens. Ballpoint. Yeah. Well, the one that everybody. Parker. That's right, Lee. Everybody wanted a Parker fountain pen. I mean, that you put Mm -hmm. ink in it. You remember that little that little lever that you pulled up and you squeeze that rubber tube inside and you suck Mm -hmm. on that ink. Yeah. (laughs) Got it all over your hand. That's All right. over 15, your fingers. That's right. Fifteen dollars for that that, that, that <laughs> Parker Fifty One, and then they came out with the blotter pens, nineteen fifty five, for two dollars and ninety five cents. And there was an Estabrook, and there were Schaefer's, and there were all sorts of different others. And we had uh, old spice. Yeah, go ahead, Brenda. Sorry, do you remember all of our school desks had a hole oh, in it yeah. for our inkwell? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you remember, yeah. if you had a long-haired girl in front of you, if you were a guy, you yeah. had right. to be tempted yeah. to take that hair and put it right in that ink. It happens. Pigtail, pigtail. Yeah. <laughs> God, this is fun, guys. <laughs> uh, you know, I had a revelation the other day, Neil. Uh, you were talking about the newspapers. And yeah. I have stopped taking a newspaper, and I just yeah. Uh, yeah. do it online. But every once yeah. in a while, I run over on a Sunday morning to get the Sunday newspaper. And it was just last month, and it was $4.95 now for the yeah. Detroit wow. Free Press. I paid $222 wow. for 13 weeks. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, for 13 weeks of paper. I used to have a... I used to I used to have a paper route and collect for the week it was thirty five cents. Well, Jim, tell us tell us a little bit about groceries and how much we were it was costing us to eat. Oh man! Okay, bread. Now these are Skylock. That's some Safeway out in California. Uh, they've got bunches of bread here. I won't go down on each one of them, but they're about eighteen cents and nineteen cents or something like yeah. that. That's real cheap. And they had canned yeah. bottles, meat and fish. Same, same Safeway, and you know, forty-nine cents, twenty-eight. You know, but that juice and fruit, you could get a big old two forty-six ounce. Cans of uh, juice there for thirty nine cents, and Heinz soup was eleven cents a can. Sour oh, wow. get a crock of it. This is a crock. Seventeen cents. Oh, these are all cents. Canterbury tea bags, forty six cents. Biscuits. You could get crack educated. Who ever heard of educated crack? Some kind of crackers. It'll get go one Safeway. Twenty seven cents. I've never heard of them though. Yeah. 
And Peter Paul Miniature Mounds, I guess that's some kind of candy. A box at Safeway, of course, was 29 cents. Snack, Fritos, 29 cents. Planters, cocktail, salted peanuts, 37 cents. Ready meal, here. Swanson TV Dunny, get turkey, chicken, or pot roast. 11 ounce pack, Safeway, 59 cents each. Oh, boy. Post-Sugar Christ Crinkles. I don't remember that. I didn't like Raisin Bran, but they were the 31 cents for a box. Frosty wow. Surf Mix, two packs for a quarter. Frisco Shortening. Well, I don't, I'm going to skip those. Vegetables, yeah. Macintosh apples for 25 cents for two pounds. Green beans wow. were 25 cents for two pounds. Everything came in pounds, I guess. Sweet corn was only one pound. You only paid eight cents for it. Dairy, milk, sliced cheese, Safeways, they're all down around the mid-40s, 30 ways, 131 cents. Meat, turkey, here you go. A 18 to 24-pound turkey in 57 was 37 cents a pound. And the ham, smoked ham, 49 cents a pound. Fried chicken, 52 cents a pound. Ribs of beef, 63 cents a pound. And here we go with Bel Air Frozen Lemonade, two for 29. Jekyll Allen breaded shrimp, 75 cents for 12 ounces. And if you wanted to spray insects and kill them, there was 29 cents for, uh, I don't know what it was, something. And Clorox <laughs> Beast was two quarts, two quarts. You got two for 31 cents. And that's a deal. Holidays, flight to London. I think we talked about this somewhere on Trans Canada Airways. Nineteen fifty-two, two hundred and sixty-five dollars. And Brenda, Brenda, is Trans Canada? I don't think they are still around, are they? No, they morphed into uh, Air Canada in nineteen sixty-five. They changed names. Oh, oh yeah. And here's That's how much right. a smoke yeah, would cost you. Smoking was common in nineteen fifties America, but evidence it was bad for your health was mounting. A landmark article in Reader's Digest: Cancer by the Carton in 1952, explained the risk. Americans found smoking a hard habit to kick. In the mid-50s, there was a switch to filter brands, which were supposed to be better for health. In reality, they bought no real benefit. Paradoxically, there was also an increase in popularity of king-sized brands. The most popular cigarette brands in the 1950s were Camel, Lucky Strike, and Chesterfield. Of the filter brands, Winston was the most popular. It was made from stronger tobacco and had more tar, but slightly less nicotine than camel. But people thought the filter made it safer. Safer. <laughs> How much did it cost? Well, Murad was the most expensive brand and cost 37 cents a pack. Parliament and Du Maurier, both filter brands with an exclusive image, cost 33 cents. Kent was also a premium brand and sold for 31 cents. So the popular brands cost from 24 to 25 cents a pack. And the cheap end of the scale, Sears, sold Yorkshires for 17 cents a pack. Lest we forget, Eastern Airlines favored putting a sample pack of four mm-hmm. Chesterfield cigarettes on each food tray, <laughs> whether they uh-huh. smoked or not. I didn't know that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I remember it. Mm-hmm. And I used to collect them a- because I was smoking and then they started putting on Salem's, I believe, uh, Chesterfields and Salem's. And uh, I used to ask anybody that didn't smoke, let me have your little four-pack. <laughs> <Collected those. laughs> 
about you know I, how, about the, I was, how about the silly millimeter longer? Yeah, <laughs> the king size. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let me let Get me tell you, I started state. smoking. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you guys have a, a brand called McDonald's? No. No. Uh, I don't, think I don't I remember okay. that one. Yeah, it I was smoked. green and it had um, a you know a very pretty model uh, lady on the cover wearing a tam, you know, like the Scottish wood. And it's just we that had, when my mom was in uh, the seniors' residence, the lady who was that model was there, and she was oh like ninety-eight God. or something. Well, it was weren't just, they it was Virginia amazing. Slims? Virginia Slims? No, yeah. it Wasn't was that, um, McDonald's. Like yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. I got my little smoking thing. I smoked Salem's, and I used to go visit my grandparents, and my granddaddy smoked, and he bowled his own, and all that. But I'd take him a carton of Salem's, and he would cut them in half and smoke them that way. And it's been, and every time my grandmother saw me smoking a Salem, I light one up. She'd say, Jim, tobacco is a nasty weed. It cometh from the devil's seed. It picks your pockets, burns your clothes, and makes a chimney out of your nose. And by God, that got me to quit smoking. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, I had That's willpower really back those days. <laughs> oh, I never started. I was story. lucky. Well, I used to smoke, and my daughter used to come to me with tears in her eyes because she would watch that commercial. And you remember that commercial where the father and the daughter were sitting there by the tree trunk, and he pulled out a cigarette uh, and put the pack down between the two of them, and the little girl pulled a pack of one of those cigarettes out. And then and then the announcer would come on and say, like father, like daughter. And uh, it, it brought tears to her eyes, and she came in kept telling me, Daddy, don't smoke, don't smoke. So I eventually uh, gave it up. That was in 71. So well, that was a long time ago. Yeah. So anyhow, well, now uh, I want we want to talk finally, before we go off the air, a little bit about what was happening uh, in the airline industry. <clears throat> and since Jim is not here, I'm going to shorten this down a little bit, but we remember the 50s as being known as the golden age of flying, the golden age of flying. And um, uh, we were flying mainly on DC-3s because they started right after World War II and uh, advanced up to the 4 Series and uh, the DC-6s and 7s. And, and when we came to Eastern Gym, uh, you recall the sevens were still around, and of course the Lockheed the constellation was very, very popular. I believe it was the first airplane designed to have a third crew member in that uh, cockpit, and that was the engineer, the flight engineer. Correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. Lee or Jim. Uh, that the I think you're right. That the, you're the right. constellation was the first one that was designed for a flight engineer. Yeah, military had them, but uh, airlines didn't. um, They had three versions. They had the 749, the 1149, and 1749, I think. They they had the 049, too. The very first one was the 049. Yeah. Yeah, and 069 uh, was the Air Force, and I flew. I flew the 1049, which is also a C-131C, and I flew those in the military, and I flew them at Eastern, too. 
Well, 1069 was a stretched version of the 1049. That was the super, super constellation. Mm -hmm. And I was in training in Alaska Airlines on that airplane. Uh, and um, But at any rate, um, uh, they were burning gasoline fuel back in those days. I forgot the octane rating on it. It seems like to me it was what, what 140, 40, 49 or something like that octane on that. Uh, I remember we used to go by colors. Uh, as far as the mm -hmm. octane grades, you remember the different types of colors. Uh, orange that, uh, would one we detonate, used, one yeah, orange. white, white, and um, and. Uh, but at any rate, we had uh, uh, the prop airplanes, and then along comes in the 50s the Lockheed, uh, the Lockheed Electra, and uh, Eastern went really wild over that airplane. Our uh, Captain Eddie. About 40 did. of them. Bought a bunch of them, and they they served mm -hmm. their purpose. And um, I and flew that airplane too. Yeah. I did Every too. Every time you yeah. mention an airplane, I say I flew it. Yeah, I, I, I did too. I drive there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then after that, of course, the 727, the first uh, jet airplane that uh, Eastern flew. Uh, I think we got the 720s first, and then the 727s came along, the Whisper Jets, we called them. And uh, and the rest is history. But here's the thing that I can't recall, but I remember when I started, Jim, maybe you can help me or Lee, but in the passenger section in the cabin uh, and the flight attendants, I think maybe, uh, Kristen, you might help me out here, but if you flew the DC-3s and the, the 7s and well, I, no, I guess maybe no, the DC-3s. No, 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 I was okay. jet all the way. Okay, you were jet all the way. But in the yeah. const, in the conveyor, I recall, maybe the Martin too. I recall in the conveyor, we didn't have overhead bin doors that you could put your luggage there and close the door. That didn't come along until later. But uh, they were there were just shells there, and they had netting to keep things uh, in in case you got into turbulence. And they wouldn't fall out and hit you on the head, knock you out, and and wake you up when you got to your destination. But uh, <laughs> but at any rate, do you remember that, Jim? I Those think days? the Electra had nets up there, didn't he? Uh, I yeah, didn't try the Martin or the Convair, but I think the Electra had nets up there. The DC seven had. I've seen had pictures. Nets. Yeah. Yeah, seven did too. Yeah. Nets. Yeah, I've seen pictures of that. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they put doors, they put hinges, and kept things secured in there, and and they'd shuffle around anyhow. But and the flight attendants will always remind us to watch out when you open that overhead bin that you might have mm -hmm. something to fall out do. and hit you on the head. You still do. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, that's where we're going to go with today's uh, 1950s as far as airplanes are concerned. And we've got a lot more here, but we're just going to, because we're running out of time here. And I wanted to mention a couple of uh, people that had sent us some uh, email through Facebook and posting. And uh, we got this from Mike Colton, and uh, it was uh, in Facebook. And he says, I'm 78 years old, and I have so many unanswered questions. I still haven't found out who let the dogs out and where's the beef. <laughs> and how to get to Sesame Street, and why Dora doesn't use Google Maps, and why do all the flavors of Fruit Loops taste exactly the same, or how many licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? 
a Tootsie Pop. <laughs> and he asked why eggs are packaged in a flimsy paper carton, but batteries are secured in plastic that's tough as nails. <laughs> and why abbreviated is such a long word, or why is there a D in fridge, like refrigerator? Why is there a D in there? Why lemon juice is made with artificial flavor, yet dishwashing liquid is made with real lemons? <laughs> and why they sterilize the needle? Late at night. <laughs> why they sterilize the needle for lethal injections? <laughs> yeah. That's like. And why did like, why did? Yeah. Why did Kamikaze pilots put, wear a helmet? Yeah, there you go. And why do they have to put? Why do you have to put your two cents in? But it's only a penny for your thoughts. <laughs> Where's that extra penny going to? <laughs> the government. Why do the alphabet song and Twinkie Twinkle Little Star have the same tune? Why did, why did you just try to sing those two previous songs I just mentioned? <laughs> and he says, and just what is Victoria's Secret? <laughs> and he says, and do you really think I'm, I am this witty? I actually got this from a friend who stole it from her brother's girlfriend's uncle's cousin, baby mama's doctor who lived next door to an old classmate mailman. <laughs> now it's your turn to take it from me. <laughs> uh, uh, now, I want to thank again. For, for making it such a fun show. Mike Colton, if you're listening to this broadcast, that's the funniest part that we've done so far. Uh, I did. We did get uh, uh, someone that uh, talked about the UFOs. Jim, do you have that one, the UFOs? Uh, I, I, the no, show we did uh, on that no, one? I don't think well, anyhow, yeah, I got I it here. He says, my uncle was a night fighter pilot in World War II, and this is from Dominic Vazella. Bozella, and he writes, my uncle was a night fighter pilot of World War II and then transport. He recounted many stories like putting teeth, like pulling teeth, rather, of seeing and being followed by cigar-shaped objects, as well as what we call Tic Tacs today. <laughs> if you reported them, you never flew again, period. <laughs> it never bothered him when they were around, and they never caused any issues. Remember, this guy would fly off a carrier at night without radar, so I suppose nothing much would bother him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, uh, I, I swear, this is one of the uh, – and, you know, this is kind of a make make uh, a makeshift show that, like I say, we threw most of the script out, and, and I think that's the way to go. So – that's about all the time we've got. We've gone over our time. I, I guess like long distance, they're going to bill me extra for this one. <laughs> but uh, an hour is our show. So uh, at any rate, it, it's been fun. It really is. And keep in mind those folks in Kentucky and what they're going through now. And it's not the only disaster that uh, this country has endured, the tornadoes, hurricanes, and uh, but the likes of what's going on up there, especially when it comes home, 
and one of your hosts, it's her hometown that's been completely devastated by nature and uh, all of the rain that's been falling in the uh, eastern Kentucky area. And she's lost uh, family members. And, of course, homes were just completely wiped out. If you've seen Weather Channel, visit that and, and see the devastation of what has happened there in Kentucky. So, Margaret, if you're listening to this show, which I doubt you are, and you're probably talking to your family up in, uh, in the Hazard, Kentucky area, um, Lost Creek, specifically, that's where your home is. And uh, she still has a home. Her sister's there, stranded. And uh, we uh, wish you and all, all the folks in your family uh, the best uh, that can come out of this. And it seems like uh, folks can come out of disaster and come out stronger. But uh, for us that don't have to endure these, you know, we always say thank God that uh, we're safe and dry and healthy. And, and um, But uh, our hearts are out with you, uh, uh, for you, Martha, uh, Margaret, and uh, we hope to have you back next week. So any other announcements that we need to make? Uh, anybody want to say anything, Lee or Kristen or uh, uh, Brenda? I have, could I just I thank to, Brenda uh, thank for the lovely article you wrote about Shirley Johnson? Uh, yeah, thank you, Kristen. I wonder if you, Kristen, would put in um, your thoughts on silver liners. For everybody around the world to hear. Well, I have to tell you, I'm extremely proud of what this past uh, board for the the three years that or four that we were they were in office, you know, because of COVID and no elections and things. What they have done for our organization. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, you know. I know Neil's well aware of this, but, uh, you know, Silver Liners, it was an Eastern, it began with Eastern Airline stewardesses, and yeah. now we, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think that what I heard from Connie recently, 78 airlines represented. Oh. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. 78, air, you mm-hmm. know, we have opened it up. We changed our... Our bylaws, the format, uh, protocols, uh, type of thing, and opened it to any uh, flight attendant that uh, wanted to join our our group. And they've come in droves, and we've opened so many new chapters. And you know, we've been without our airline for how long? Thirty years, something like that. Is that true? Yeah. 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 Yeah, and you know, to think that we're probably the largest alumni that there is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think so. It, I mean, it, it just kind of boggles my mind. And my late husband used to say, "Honey, you girls are going to have to do something." He he <laughs> played uh, he played professional football, and he was very active in all those alumni and the NFL thing and all that. But, you know, they had people come behind. We didn't have anybody coming behind. And he said, your group's going to die because there aren't any young stewardesses coming behind you. And yeah. so it was brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it really made it. And, you know, no matter what airline you flew for, there is a common bond with each other. 
Oh, it's just there. For sure. Yeah. For sure. You know, it's beautiful. It, well, it, it, I, well, Brenda, I just love it. <laughs> I, I went to the Jacksonville luncheon yesterday, and, and we had three different airlines represented there, and mostly Eastern. Uh-huh. But we listened to stories of the other two air carriers there, and, and they're they're just like Eastern stories. You know, it's it's, it's just uh, it's yeah. so common. Uh, yeah. yeah. It is. The commonality. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's such yeah. a respect for each other's. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Everybody knows that what airline they flew for first is yeah. just, oh, it's so special. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's a lot of respect. It, it's wonderful. I just, a lot of wonderful people there. So yeah. anybody out there, if you'd like to join, we'd love to have you. Just go to the website, www.thesilverliners.org. So that's www.thesilverliners.org. Thank you. And join up and go to their luncheons as an affiliate member like I did yesterday, surrounded by 14 beautiful ladies. I was the only guy at the table. <laughs> Lucky guy. We love having you, Neil. <laughs> yeah, it's it. always fun when you're there, Neil. Fun. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, guys, we're going to let Merle Haggard take it over and, uh, and fly us out of here. And Merle is going to sing us out of here on Silver Wings. How's that sound? Ah, Pretty good. See it. you next week. Thank That's you. good. That's yeah. Good. All right. Thank you. It's been great That's fun. Great. Thank you all. Lee, come Thank back you. often, please. Oh, yeah, I will. Take care. Enjoyed it. Okay.
Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.